Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 25. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. So today is still August 14th. We just finished recording our 24th episode, aka our San Diego Comic-Con special, and it's massive amount of news. If you just uh, finished listening to it or you already listened to it, and this is maybe like three days later or so when this comes out, Sorry about it being so damn long. It was probably like, two, what, two and a half hours? Uh, so, yeah. Well, a lot of content. I would say mostly blame Marvel, because they ha- just gave us so much fucking news to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Also blame my disorganized rambles of just how Comic-Con itself was, just because I never really thought through, like, oh, how am I going to talk about it? And I was like, well, there was this, and I guess there was that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this episode will be shorter. There's still a good amount of news and whatnot for mainly movies and stuff, but also games. Uh, but we'll try to get through it quickly, uh, more more uh, hastened because also we have less time to record this episode than we did the previous episode as well. Uh, it's also though our twenty fifth episode, so it's our quarter centennial centennial episode. Um, we made it to twenty five, which is pretty big for us. Even though it took a while to get here, it took over a year since we recently actually had our episode that was a one year anniversary or our first anniversary. Yeah. But, hey, 25, let's see if we can make it to 50. We've got a small amount of uh, current, like, listeners and followers uh, nearing up around, like, 15 or so, which isn't too bad. Uh, it's Pretty actually, cool. it's nice. It's a little quaint number, but if we could, you know, make it bigger, that'd be great. Oh, make yeah. us keep doing this. <laughs> uh, but, okay, we're going to go right into it with what we're playing. Uh, James, if you want to start off, this would be pretty brief. So I mentioned last time I was talking. I, I played uh, more Division, more um, Octopath Traveler. The only other thing that I started playing within the last like few days was uh, I started up Overwatch again, just because it's been like a really long time since I played it. Still a really fun game. Still really like it. I mostly just wanted to try out the two new characters that I like. The one came out a while ago. I I never fin- uh, played. It was a healer, Baptiste. Baptiste. Anyway, uh, he's kind of cool. I kind of like his uh, move set. The new guy that came out like yesterday was Sigma. He's a new um, the tank. He, he does this like interesting ability where he like projects out a shield, and he also has like a lot of gravity powers and stuff. It's kind of cool. I like his character, but I don't want to take too much time talking about Overwatch. All right, uh, I played just. Uh, I haven't really played much since I've been back, but when I was on one of the planes heading to Bermuda. I played a bit of Skyrim on the Switch. I opened it up and tried it out. It, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was thinking it was still 2011. It aged a bit. Um, the controls also, the Switch controls themselves. I'm using the actual uh, Joy-Cons that are on the side. I'm just using it because it, on a plane, it's kind of hard to pull out a controller and everything else and yeah. put the Switch somewhere. Uh, it's okay. Um, I'm going to see if I even get through it all the way, because if not, like, I'll put it this way, I do want to go through the entire Elder Scrolls series, because I bought the anthology on PC, and I'm just going to implement the mods that really kind of make it more uh, high-res, upbeat, and everything else, just more detailed, just so it'll look better, Uh, whereas this, you can't really mod and fix, so, like, at least when I play Skyrim again on PC, there'll be extra content that's for mods, and also, and, like, Everything will have better texture mods and everything else will be looking a lot better. But for this specifically, I did like have a cool little character I wanted to do and everything else. But uh, I'll see how it goes, if it keeps my interest or not. Uh, I'm not really going to be playing it that often. So whenever I do open my like turn on my Switch, I'll, I'll try it out uh, and update you guys as I play it. 
whenever I play it, which probably won't be for a bit again. But yeah. Uh, on to the gaming news. Like I said, this was pretty fast, and we got a good amount of stuff talked about last episode in terms of what we've uh, been doing. Uh, first gaming news, there was a Blair Witch trailer for gameplay, which seemed pretty interesting. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Alan Wake, if if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Slightly. I mean, it felt like a more indie version, but... Maybe it reminded me more of Outlast, cause, just because that game you primarily... I never, I never got to play Outlast. Yeah, through a camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, does it? Not all of it takes place through the camera, though. No, nah, it's more just like your. When you put up the camera, that's when weird shit happens, right? Uh. Partially. It's supposed to be like how you do night vision most of the time. Mm. But I mean, you can have the camera on without the night vision. I forget what the point of that was. I guess. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Outlast. I'm talking about oh, much. Shit. Yeah. I don't. I was know. like, wait, how do you know? But I didn't think they talked about that yet. No, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, thought so you were no, I, I feel like the, a lot of the weird shit happened when the camera was on, but I think some stuff still yeah. happened when it was so off. I that reminded me of Resident Evil Five, where you would find these tapes and live through those tapes, and then come back to the present or, or whatever, and like use the shit you learned in the tape to like get through the next area or whatever uh and it, i don't know like again we don't really know much about the blair witch game but it seems like there's a bit of that where it you comes f- out at the end of the month really yeah dang august 30th i believe but yeah it, it looks like you find random tapes and then you like live through those tapes to see like what's happening here and shit so yeah i'm i'm intrigued for sure yeah let's see uh, it's not something I'll buy day one, but depending on how, like, overall cri- criticism is hit with, like, basically people and journalists and whatnot, if it if it really stands up or if it's a flop or not, we'll yeah. see. But it's it's definitely one of the more interesting games before the big fall rush happens that I'm looking in, that I'm, like, kind of interested in. Uh, next up, uh, a bigger fall game, of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, they showed up the multiplayer, which actually did look really good. Um... I, I really do want to play the beta. I, tr- I, I, I Like I said, when I played the Black Ops beta uh, for 4, I didn't really care for the multiplayer just because of how crazy it was. Whereas this is kind of back down to earth, like the original Modern Warfare a little bit, uh, in terms of like the killstreaks and everything else, uh, and like the, the style of gameplay. You're not like fucking jumping through the air while running and shit. Um, I'm just... My only hesitation, because, I mean, who knows, it could not be good, but, like, uh, um, the story also seems interesting. And this isn't the same Infinity War that made the previous Modern Warfare, like, 1 and 2. Yeah. This is the more, this is that post-team, but that post-team also has Neversoft now. And, um, yeah, they absorbed Neversoft, if I remember correctly, which made me more, more interested, but also sad that we didn't have Neversoft anymore. Yeah. Uh, they And it's, like, the remainder, I guess, that didn't leave, plus new people since then that have been hired on. So I'm, I'm curious, because I want to be honest, like, the previous games they made from Ghost to Infinite Warfare, I think those was, and then, like, Modern Warfare 3 was okay, like, I didn't care for these games at all. Like, they were the least interesting Call of Duty games. That studio became the least interesting of the three. But they also have gotten more people besides that. They have, like, one of the people from Naughty Dog for Story, I believe. And they brought back some of the original Call of Duty people from Respawn. So, like, they have a good team under their belt now. And I'm just curious how it's going to go. Uh, another thing, I guess, more regarding to the multiplayer itself. They're going to have a thing called a, tum- uh, a Tamagunchi. Yeah. So this thing is basically a Tamagotchi that's in-game, but the way you feed it is by killing. 
So it's fed off of kills, which I thought was really cool for the multiplayer. Oh, it's the multiplayer. Yeah, okay. no, no, it's not going to do the, the, right, so the, the, the story is supposed to be very serious and more drastic, kind of, uh, it's going to be over the top, but not in the sense of like, oh, crazy spectacle, more of like, I think more intimately, like just questioning, like kind of like Spec Ops The Line or something like that, where it's yeah, going to question things, if anything. Yeah, Spec Ops The Line is one of the best stories for a shooter I've played in like a really, really long time, just because it really did make you question like whether or not you're doing the right thing here. Yeah, and I don't know exactly, like this could, I mean, it could not be good. Who knows? It could be actually done poorly because we thought certain games would be good because of like they're like this story is gonna be like this and they're gonna do that and then it ends up being trash. Uh, hopefully this is good. We'll see. Um, multiplayer looks interesting. I don't think there's zombies, so it's kind of back to which has always been mainly Treyarch's thing. But I know other studios have been doing their thing again too. And there's no blackout mode, so there's no battle royale. They're not focusing mm. on that. Right. So this is very much like if you like the old Call of Duty, I think this is more of like a modern take on a modern game, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, a modern take on Modern Warfare. Well, it was. Um, I, I don't know if we talked about it before, but they talked about why, like, why they're rebranding Modern Warfare and like rebooting it or whatever, and it's just like. The world's changed. The literally the world has changed. How we go about do it, like select not selecting, but like planning out combat missions is much more tactical and precise than uh, we ever used to do it. And also, they did point out that like by the end of Modern Warfare Three, like literally, <laughs> like there's like a world war between Russia and the United States, and shit gets like crazy fucked up. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, it'd be kind of weird to continue the story of a modern to make a new modern warfare game but in that universe still because that's like way different than what's going on right now <laughs> yeah so it's i'm fine with this like the old so the, the last thing for this specifically not really for this game specifically but i guess i said that word a lot um black ops 4 we both have it we both have an open ours right yep. yep so i ended up buying it for xbox to play with my coworkers and ps4 to play with you mm -hmm. i am trying to sell my xbox copy i never ended up doing it and it's too, so late in the game now that i'm like doing this on two consoles was a stupid idea it's not gonna work uh so i'm just trying to get rid of it uh the ps4 one though i also had bought the season pass because i was like oh i'm gonna play mm -hmm. the shit out of this and i didn't but i bought the season pass you can't return that so i'm like well i should play it but part of me is also just kind of like is it too late right um, I guess asking you now, do you still want to play that game or yeah. do you just want to skip it? No, I still want to play it. I still definitely want to try that. Excuse me. The blackout mode. Uh, I mean, I don't Yeah, we pretty much, we both pretty much got it for blackout. Yeah. Like, I mean, the multiplayer itself looked okay. The regular multiplayer looked okay. Zombies looks really fun, but yeah. I particularly was interested in blackout mode. I didn't mode. like the multiplayer as, like I said, when I watched, the, when I played the beta. Right. So I did want to play the zombies and I did want to do blackout. Yeah, but well, I, I I'd be down to hopefully soon if we do it. But yeah. like I said, like Destiny's taking my time. Um, I but I also want to catch up on the backlog, which Black Ops Four belongs on neither of those areas. So I'm like, ah. Right. Uh, but like, if you ever said, hey, want to play Black Ops Four? I would say yes, and then I'd start playing. Okay. Um. But yeah. We'll we'll see how all of the Call of Duty subs goes because like. I was I was away from it for a long time, and then Black Ops Four was my first time since Black Ops Two that I was gonna jump back in. 
but I have Black Ops 3 for free, so I still have to play that campaign. And Insane. eventually I'll be, like, telling everyone here how, how that went when I do that. But okay. Next thing. GameStop lays off 50 regional leaders in the company in a company restructuring. So they're kind of like, we don't necessarily need you anymore. We're eliminating you. Um, what I feel like they're doing is basically these are higher paid people, but not the highest paid. So they're not necessary. Get rid of them. It saves a lot of money, but also they can have other people probably kind of pick up the load and carry that area until for now, uh, just because who knows while they're restructuring quote unquote, who knows? Because like, remember no one bought their company when they were trying to sell it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they try to do other shit. They've closed, I think small amounts of locations or whatever. Uh, but also like their stock prices like, yeah, right now they're trying to do the retro shit. They're thinking of like doing pilot retro stuff and events and everything else. And it's like, okay, will that work? Cause your answer before was the, uh, fucking buying think geek and then doing all the physical paraphernalia shit, which also hasn't gone well, but also a lot of the stuff isn't that good. So yeah, it's like, who cares at the same time? We'll see uh, how that goes or what they're going to do next. I wouldn't honestly be surprised if at one point they basically just go, we filed bankruptcy, we're leaving, blah, 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 we were done. Yeah. And at the same point, time, would surprising. it be the end of the world too? It's like, they, they've gone a far cry from like what it used to be like before they merged with EB Games, which I used to prefer EB Games. And like, it's, I don't know, it's, I've had my ups and downs with it, but lately it's just been more and more just kind of, like, eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I stopped buying used games a long time ago. Plus, yeah. when I, the more you find out, like, oh, you get a penny and they sell it for 80, like 50 bucks. Yeah, that also. And it's like, why would I want to support you? What, what there, you make a profit either way, but what, like, come yeah. on. There's literally been times where I take, like, a stack of old GameCube games or whatever. Granted, this was a while ago. Like, like a stack of games to GameStop. And they're like, we'll give you, like, 50 cents for these 15 games i'm like oh i'm gonna take my 15 games because i don't need these games but i definitely could get more than 50 cents for these <laughs> yeah just go on like fucking craigslist or something you probably get yeah. more yeah so it's yeah it's it they're you know you, you do shitty business like that and then eventually it just kind of catches <laughs> up <laughs> Man, it seems like being anti-consumer is bad for a business. Yeah, you know, you know, shit, shit happens. And then fucking, their whole reward system is only if you buy used games. It's not gonna yeah. fucking... Yeah, and that was the other thing. I was like, wait, why am I spending, like, 15 bucks? I mean, granted, it was, like, a, for, like, a whole year. But, like, yeah, the whole point of it was just to buy... You were more, more just interested in the Game Informer, if anything. That's the thing. I really was I more interested. And I carrying my Game Informer. Yeah, and, like, honestly, like, I tried keeping up with Game Informer for a while, but... I don't know. It's it's not really. I don't know. I, Which I think is Game Informer owned by GameStop? It is. So I'm gonna say this. I would feel like we'll see maybe Game Informer close before GameStop closes. Or but I don't. Do you think GameStop would close before Game Informer? Um. What would be the sign? I feel like GameStop is where they make a lot more money than Game Informer, since Game Informer is just an an add-on. GameStop. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if they still do a, a magazine or if it's just online now. I think it's still a magazine too. I'm not too sure though. I, I feel like that would be the big canary oh, no, in the coal mine where we know like what they're doing. Like it, let's say they end up closing Game Informer. That tells you that they're very much closer to closing GameStop probably. Yeah, that's probably At the same that. time though, like I would just say close a few more locations. Like what's the point of having like five stores in San Francisco? 
Yeah. Though they did close some, because what, what's left? We have Stonestown, we have Downtown, we have Mission. We the one ha- at Lakeshore is gone. Lake, okay, they closed Lakeshore and they closed the Ocean one. Actually, they only have three left now that I think about it, right? Oh, I guess I they guess did close so. two. Huh. Yeah. Well, it didn't help them. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last piece of gaming news. Uh, Anthem's Cataclysm event is here. James, do we care? Not really. All right. Well, that tells you about that, Anthem. All right. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, Jesus. That fucking game. All right. Now we're going on to stuff watched. Yeah. So, uh, I have one small thing to talk about before we go on our shared thing. Because do you have anything else besides the two we are going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I got like a couple other things. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I'll just go really fast with... Uh, sh- I've been... Uh, I left right when Shark Week started. Mm. When I went to Bermuda. So, I recorded all of it. And so far, I've watched, like, I want to say, because it's like Sharpie goes for, like, seven or eight days, it looks like, of all the different shows. I'm on, like, day three, I think. Um, Some of them are okay. Like, it starts with the first celebrity one to kind of kick it off and get people interested. Like, look at all these celebrities. And I'm like, I don't care. And it was whatever. But uh, I'll say this. The ones that stand out were the Sharks of Headstone... Hell, I want to say what it's called. It was basically these tiger sharks that are off an island that used to have prisoners on it near Australia. Ooh. And it was re- it was actually really interesting because it was more like... It, it was a mix of like getting a little bit of history to just kind of seeing this stuff where instead of it being like, you know, the shark's doing this thing with these people, it was like, all right, these are these tiger sharks and this is what they're doing. I like that. I like Laws of Jaws, which is like these people are basically defying... Um, uh, it's like Mythbusters with sharks. Oh. What are shark myths? And then they say, is this true or not? And they try to do it, and they go, please don't do this at home. We're, we could possibly die doing this, but we're at least more professional than you, so don't do it. Uh, so those two are probably the highlights. The rest were okay. One had a dude looking for Megalodon uh, teeth, which is interesting, but also kind of whatever at the same time. Um, the rest were kind of okay. Uh, there was one where... It was a survival one where they get dropped off, and two guys get dropped off into the water far away, and they have to go to an island and swim there through shark-infested waters just to do it. And then, uh, well, the tide actually takes them back, like, they're like, oh, it's three miles away, and now they're like 18 miles away. Oh, no. (laughs) I forget. It was something crazy. I forget. It was something like, and then the shark hit him, brought him back, or no, it was eight miles away, I guess. I forget. But, it, yeah, it was, it was okay. I was just like, hey, this is like last year's episode, but it's this year's episode, but it's the same thing. Where they're like, oh, why did we do this? Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I'll, I'll probably have more in the next episode with the other half or the other two-thirds of it. If I can even get through it all, there's a lot. I'm skipping, like, the Shark After Dark stuff, which is, like, their talk show thing after. It's kind of like Talking Dead and things like that, where it's, like, that post-show talk show thing. Um, that's not really interesting unless it has actually people that I'm interested in listening to that are like actual marine biologists and whatnot. But so far I've just been like the first two nights worth, there's like five of them, even though there's like eight nights of shark week, like they only did like five of those episodes. First two are very much whatever. We'll see how the other three go. I usually watch the first like five minutes to see what they're saying, like the rest of the episode will be. And then if it's not interesting, then I'm like out. Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, what, what do you got before we get to the big two? All right. So the more interesting of the two was a documentary on Netflix called The Great Hack. And it was all about how basically, like, 
personality algorithms and social media have become so powerful nowadays that like like one of the interesting things that uh, uh, the they started off with was the guy saying like okay everyone in this room have you ever had an experience where you think your phone is listening to you because all of a sudden you're getting like targeted ads for something that you were just mentioned and like almost everyone raises their hand and he's like your phone is not listening to you. That is just how good these like algorithms are to try to pinpoint your personality to predict what you're going to want and shit like that. Like that's how good they are. Okay. Uh, and then it kind of segued into like, do you remember back in the 2016 election, the whole Cambridge Analytica problem? Yeah. So that was a lot of this documentary of like, what were they doing with all their data? How did they collect all of their data? Like, why were they selling it to people in other countries and shit like that? And, like, w- uh, one of the things was there was a guy who was literally suing the company for not everyone, like, not to release everyone's personal information, but just so he could get a file, like, whatever they had on him, just to see what was in there. And they, like, literally refused to give it to him. And he had to sue them in British court to, like, have the right to his own data back. And then they, like, they didn't even follow the, the courts. They literally disbanded the company, so they didn't have to do that shit. Are you serious? Eh. Though oh, they shit. they claimed that they totally didn't disband this, the uh, company to avoid legal problems. They just happened to need to disband the company. Mm. So it was a very interesting documentary, and a lot of it was on how like social media is being used to manipulate like people that are possibly swayed one way or the other because like there's literally like like politically yes so it it talked a lot about how these algorithms can easily place you into like one of three categories for either like left right or like undecided and for the people that are undecided like those are the people to target with like insane ads to try to like skew them one way or the other and so that's how at least uh, the documentary seems to point out that like this is how our society has become so polarized since social media became a thing because literally the undecided like middle ground people are being told what to think and being uh, like pushed to one ideology or another. So there is no middle ground. It's only like, you know, either you're this guy or you're that guy or whatever. Like I thought it was really fascinating, like depressing as shit and scary but fascinating. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing, I was in the mood to watch like a shitty movie and I saw that Jupiter Ascending was on Netflix. So I was like, oh, that shitty Wachowski's brother, the Wachowski's? The shitty Wachowski brother, brothers? Mm. Shit, I don't know. I can't remember. The Wachowski's. Like, they, ah, God. I can see how this movie had like a bunch of interesting ideas in it but it was just a bad movie. Like, the main idea of it was, like, humanity is way older than we think we are. Earth isn't even where we came from. It's some other planet we started on, like, a, literally, like, a billion years ago. Dude, I've been saying that for, like, three <laughs> weeks, you know. I, I told you that. I was like, I had this dream once, and then I was like, you know. Yeah. So the, the idea was that, like, it... Literally, the rest of humanity has become so good at like 
on a technology that we've literally figured out ha- immortality. But it involves harvesting living people for, I don't know, life juice or something. So... I thought that was V8. Meh. Basically. Well, <laughs> I don't know. So basically what uh, ended up happening was like, literally humanity has started to make colony planets just to build up a population of like local humans to harvest eventually when the planet becomes unsustainable. So humans are harvesting humans. So yes, exactly. So like it's supposed to be this, I guess an allegory for like, Oh, the super rich are literally feeding off of the poor. Uh, and, but like the main character, Jupiter Jones played by Mila Kunis is from earth and literally like happens. And it's not, it's not technically impossible but she, her DNA happens to be exactly the same as like the matriarch of one of the most rich other human families. Like literally, the, like she somehow becomes involved in like the company whose job it is literally to harvest planets because she happens to be genetically identical to like the mother that started the family or whatever. Apparently, the original one died, or was murdered, and apparently in this society of humans, like, off-world, if someone just happens to randomly have the same genetics as someone else, they call it a recurrence, and they basically consider it, like, reincarnation, which is an interesting idea, but basically the entire movie, everyone's treating Mila Kunis like she's someone that they know, and she's like... I literally don't know who you are. I am literally a maid from New York. No, Chicago. And it's just... So, I guess long story short for that movie, it had a lot of really interesting ideas and some decent visuals, but there were, like, a lot of space fights that just were, like, visual garbage. Like, not, like you, there was so much shit happening on screen that you couldn't even tell what was happening. And also the plot was just fucking stupid. So sounds good. I don't know. It was a it was fun making fun of it though. But goddamn, was that movie long? <laughs> Anything else? Or? That's it for me. All right. Other than the other two things we just watched. So before we started recording our uh, previous episode, uh, we actually came out of a movie before that. So last night we went to the Elmo and watched The Lion King, and then this morning we went to the Elmo again. Yeah. And watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So we can actually talk about those two. This will probably be the lengthiest of the podcast, just because they're the biggest topics we have right now. Yeah. Besides all the, we have a lot of movie TV news, but that will take a lot less time. Most likely, each one will be shorter. Any anyway, uh, we'll start with Lion King. So we came out of that. Um, it was. I'll start off with this. I like the cartoon better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So it was. For me, the new Lion King was okay. It was mm-hmm. just okay. At, at best. Only because, so, for me, I thought certain dialogue and banter was great. The stuff that Timon and Pumbaa said was awesome. Uh, or, like, really funny and everything else. It was pretty enjoyable. Uh, John Oliver's Zazu comments were also pretty yeah. good as well. Everyone else, though, just felt like a lesser version of of their animated counterparts. 
Except for like, maybe James Earl Jones is Mufasa. Okay, James Earl Jones, that was just the same thing. It was just but that the, was literally it was just, literally just the, same. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Was just say, hey, say this again that you said like fucking twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay, sure. So everyone else, I was just very much whatever with. Um, I didn't this. I didn't care that Beyonce was Nala. I didn't care what the Donald Glover was Simba. Which I will say, when they casted them and all the before I watched it, I was very excited to mm-hmm. see these people portray these characters. But when it actually happened, I was just kind of underwhelmed. I didn't feel any. I didn't feel anything for it. Like it, it didn't stand out. It wasn't like, oh my god, this is fantastic. It was just kind of like, all right, this is fucking lions talking. The way, the best way I describe this movie is if they were like, yo, let's fucking do voiceovers over this National Geographic yeah. special, but we cropped out the fucking balls for the male lions. Yeah, that is uh, that movie in a fucking nutshell. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I liked it a bit more than you did. I, oh, you definitely, yeah, yeah. Like, I was really enjoying it the whole time, but I kind of realized, like, towards the end of the movie that the reason why I was enjoying it so much was because they made it so close to the original. Like, there were literally scenes that were almost shot for shot. Like, try they tried to make it all, as close to the original scene as they could. And for those times, I was like, man, they did a really good job of recreating that scene. But then I realized, like, Wait, but if I'm just enjoying that they're getting close to the other thing that already exists, why wouldn't I just want to watch the original thing? That yeah. is literally better. And for it, it had the same issue that Aladdin did, where... Uh, so I haven't watched all of the live-action remakes. I'll say this. When I watched The Jungle Book and Beating the Beast live-action, I was not thinking of the animated movies when I watched it. I was just thinking of these movies and enjoying them, because I was actually having enough of a great time. That said, like, Being the Beast had some issues with Like, there were some issues with it, but it stood on its own because there were separate things, and it just... Emma Watson. is Emma Watson. I guess. She'll, she'll distract me forever. But also, like, the, there was an original songs that did really well. And then Jungle Book, I... That actually sort of... I liked it more than the cartoon. But that's because the cartoon sort of aged for me, and it wasn't from my generation and everything else. And I really liked the way it spun out and made itself different because I actually liked the area of the wolves that really worked well for me. But for this, it yeah, it just did the same thing, but it wasn't as good with the animation. It yeah. was very much more limited where they're trying to... It was, it's weird. They're like, let's make it more realistic. So now it's much more limited in what it can do compared to the cartoon. Yeah. But then they don't go all the way because then you don't fucking mop the fucking lime balls in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like, uh, there were times where I was like, yeah, they... These visuals are, like, amazing. This literally, all, at times, besides the mouths moving, looks like I'm literally just watching lions and gazelles and shit. Yeah. Like, the, the, the fucking... Oh, God. Okay, so when the mouths moved, it, was, it just felt weird. It just felt weird watching like these, like, real... It's like if you saw a real lion and started talking to you, yeah. be like, that doesn't work. Like, it wasn't overly exaggerated, but they obviously... It was one of those things where, like, yeah, a lion li- obviously doesn't talk and move its mouth like that, but they tried to make the mouth move like a lion's would normally anyway because like you said they tried to make it look as realistic as possible and so that kind of was a problem for a lot of the song scenes yeah the songs were very underwhelming these are very much lesser versions of their original yeah well like um i was so excited for to hear um uh simba's first song um I'm can't be can't wait king. to be a king. Yeah. Can't wait. That, oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's so good. And, like, the original version is so good. 
and like really colorful and everything. And then for this one, it's just like, oh, they're just singing and like running around the watering hole. Yeah. They, they couldn't do anything crazy cool, like making a pyramid out of various animals that where Simba and Nala are on top. Like, I don't know, they couldn't do that. And like you particularly th- thought that the um, uh, Scars song, Be Prepared, was that like, was probably the worst. Yeah, that was the most easily. disappointing part. Was Scar uh, be prepared? Like when Scar sings with the hyenas, this was like, uh, oh god, it was like a D D minus. Like not even great. That's probably honestly besides Akuna Matana and Can't Wait to Be King. Like th- that, that is the best song in the fucking movie. Like it's so good, and Jeremy Irons just do. Oh my god, it's just so full of life with Jeremy Irons. And this one is just like, I just didn't even, like, I was bored. I think part of the problem was, like, a lot of the actors that they got for the characters, besides, like, Beyonce and... Um, Donald Glover. Donald they Glover. can't sing. None of them are singers. So John, like, John Oliver can't sing, yeah, so no. you have Zazu <laughs> talking through a song, and you're like, okay. So, yeah, it's just like, they. I think they did their best with who they had, but, like, if you look back at the original, like, Matthew Broderick is not a singer. No. Like, they got someone to cover his songs who was just good at mimicking his voice while singing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally, I thought, when I was a kid, I thought Matthew Broderick could sing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I'm sorry, like, the old cast was just better. It just mm-hmm. was just a lot better. I, I really, it, it, uh, ma- it the, the, the biggest positive that came from this movie was it made me appreciate, it, it, it just raised the quality of the original. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing it did. It straight up bothered me that... In the scene later on when uh, Rafiki leads Simba to the the watering hole or whatever and, like, shows him his reflection, he's like, Mufasa lives in you. And then he, like, all of a sudden the clouds are talking to him, which it happened in the cartoon, but it seemed just Yeah, they're like, how do you do this in real life? Uh, Fuck, make the lightning look like him for, like, a split second. And that was the problem, was, like, because they they tried to keep with the realism of the imagery but take like the still do what the other one did yeah, but so, with the limitations so like the majority of the time like in the cartoon like literally it's just straight up mufasa made out of clouds yeah in, in the sky in this one they were like well it's just a giant storm cloud and every once in a while some lightning will strike through it that kind of outlines what looks like mufasa's face but that's as far as we can go with this. And I was like, oh, well, that's way less interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, another thing with it was like, what, what part was it that killed me? Oh, the way I knew the dialogue didn't feel right was when uh, fucking Mufasa falls and somebody's like, no, oh, I was yeah. trying not to laugh. That did look really weird. I was, I was gonna laugh, dude. I was like, oh no, fuck, I can't laugh during this part of the Lion King. Well, especially, I thought it was, I, I think they actually did have a quick flashback in the original, but in the end, when Scar like leans in and he's like, I killed Mufasa, and like Simba jumps up, like back at him, like they. In the uh, in the new one, they did a brief recap of like Mufasa f- uh, falling and Simba yelling no, and I was like, they kind of felt out of place. I don't think we needed that there. Yeah, yeah. On uh, it, yeah. So this now we're now we're starting to see. But then again, like I haven't seen Maleficent. I haven't seen Big Friendly Giant. I haven't seen um, 
Pete's Dragon, and I haven't seen Dumbo. So those four I haven't seen. So far, like, at least Alice in Wonderland was cool, Beauty and the Beast was cool, Jungle Book was cool, Lion King was a miss, Aladdin I will count as now a miss. Um, or it's in the middle. Aladdin's, like, it's, like, basically on the cliff itself. Like, are you, yeah, whatever. Uh, I, which apparently, I, I, I think I heard them say there's going to be a lot of Aladdin 2 or something. I did think I, I think I they're, think I they want to do, like, Return of the Jafar, Return of the Jafar, and then, like, Prince of, Prince of Thieves, which I'm like, hey, just, just fucking do them good. Just do just don't fucking put Will Smith in it again. That's, is that so, is that so hard to keep Will Smith out of the fucking movie? Like, I think, yeah. Yeah. I just don't want Will Smith. I think long story short for Lion King was, like, now, the more I think of it, I'm just like, it was good, but the original is so much better, and you basically just tried to recreate it with a different visual style, that I'm just like, why did you even bother? Yeah. You literally could have saved the money, and I, they literally could have just re-released The Lion King in theater, the original one, and I still would have gone to go see that again. Yeah, I would have seen that instead. This was, yeah, this was actually like, this is that one, because it's like, alright, I get you guys, they're, they're like, we're running out, like, it's, yeah, what's another way to easily make money? Sort of easily. It's like, oh, redo everything with live action takes half the work because you don't have to, like, make it to a completely new idea or anything. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it again, but now it's live action. This is that one instance where it doesn't work. Jungle Book had a human in it, so that yeah. worked. This is literally just all animated, just visual effects animated fucking animals. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, like, uh, yeah, that was, like, for you, for me, like I said, it was just okay. Um, the more I think about it, it actually doesn't, it just gets a little bit less for me, so it's, like, I try not to think about it now. Um, honestly, this movie's gonna be very forgetful at a certain point. Like, there was some, the, the original stuff that it did have were probably the better parts of it, like, when it had the little other animals with Simone and Pumbaa. Yeah. They were a little bit more interesting, just because they were kind of funny. But like I said, like their their best part was the Timon and Pumbaa portions of the movie, easily. And then anything that was more line related, I did not care about. Like that was just like the least interesting areas of it. But yeah, so that's that's Lion King for us. Next up, wasn't a complete opposite of that spectrum. It was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I really liked Holy it. Holy shit, that fucking movie. I mean, I'm I'm always. I'm generally a fan of Quentin Tarantino's work, so I knew I was going to probably at least enjoy it. I think if I would have a complaint or if I had a complaint about it, it's an extremely slow burn, but that's kind of like a lot of his movies. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'll put it this way. I wasn't bored in it. I didn't oh, no. know it was that long because it didn't feel like it was that mm-hmm. long, but that's also because the way it happens, like the whole, the whole time this movie is going on, I'm literally waiting... To see where it's supposed to be going. I'm like, oh, is this build yeah. up to something? What's going on? And there isn't. There isn't any it's build up like, for anything. It's insane. It's like the the majority of the movie is basically just following uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio along like around Hollywood and like what living in Hollywood as a famous actor is like. And then like at the very end. It very quick, uh, quickly covers some, like... It gets very Tarantino. Yeah, it gets very Tarantino. Do we want to... <laughs> all right, so we don't want to talk spoilers, or we do not want to talk spoilers? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I would norm... Normally, we don't really care about spoilers, but this movie kind of did just come out. 
I feel like it's it's been out for a little bit though, hasn't it? Has it? I don't know. I'm all not right. sure. Because if we all right, if we talk about spoilers, you know, I, I have to talk about. We have to talk full length of the ending itself and just the part I was fucking dying. Yeah. Because uh, let's get into it. Because it was all really right, funny. All right, all right uh, I'll see if I can. I always forget. I always say I'm gonna put. Oh, I'll put in the show notes like this is uh, spoilers or this is the time code. Basically, if I don't. I'll just say, like, right now, uh, like, skip ahead maybe, like, 15 minutes at the most. Maybe 10 minutes. We probably won't talk about it too long. Uh, but, yeah, I'll try to put in the time code when we're talking about it. So, full spoilers. And basically, like, the movie goes in. We're we're covering, yeah, both characters, uh, Rick Dalton and Cliff. Uh, remember his last name? Nah, they just called him Cliff all the time. Okay. Rick Dalton, which is Leonardo DiCaprio, the actor. Cliff, which is Brad Pitt, his stunt double. And then his uh, Margot Robbie, who is Sharon Tate, and it covers three C characters, and it alternates between them. Sometimes they're together, mainly uh, just DiCaprio and uh, Pitt. Uh, Sharon uh, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate is always separate from them. Yeah, they don't actually meet until the very end. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just like kind of Rick Dalton going through this shit because he feels like he's becoming washed up. He's not going to matter anymore as an actor. And he's kind of having like that, I guess, midlife crisis as yeah. a, for an actor. It's like he used to be the lead man in like a really, really popular TV show. And then at this point in his career, he's just like the bit part bad guy that shows up for like one episode to get beaten the shit out of in like yeah. other shows. And like literally a, a TV, like a movie producer comes to him and is like, yeah, that's how it goes until like they do that until people view you as like not the hero anymore and then they don't need to hire you anymore. You're washed up. And he's, he's literally like crying outside the uh Val meeting. Kilmer? That was uh Al Pacino. No. Val Kilmer. Remember he was Batman and then they became villains in like a bunch of movies and then kind of forgot about Val Kilmer. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's Val Kilmer. Love uh, it. Oh, and also um the first James Bo- that James Bond, uh, um, was it Timothy Dalton? He was in Hot Fuzz and everything else. Uh, I don't remember. He was in the two James Bond movies, License to Kill and The Living Daylights. And then after that, he was actually just like a villain in a bunch of other movies after. Huh. And I was just cracking up all the time that it was, it, he was that after that point. But anyway, okay, um... So you just have them going on these random just parts of just like uh, acting or go like going to gigs and like playing a role or Cliff is just driving him around and then like kind of get the, the inklings of the Charles Manson stuff because he comes by the house at one point. Yeah. And uh, he asks and for the specific, you, like a previous owner of the house yeah. and then leaves. And if you know the history of like the, the Manson murders, you just know that Sharon Tate was like involved in it or at least she you know that she's one of the people killed yeah like uh charles manson's people kill her and that's the the one of the biggest things of the manson murders because she was at that point at that time a famous actress though our generation doesn't know too much about it because it was after our time Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of before our time yeah it's it we just don't think about uh that kind of stuff like it's not the biggest knowledge to us really which now I wish I did research more of it before going to the movie. But all we knew, like all I knew personally, and most other people I'm sure were just like, "Oh, when is when are they going to kill Sharon Tate?" Yeah, basically. And the whole her the whole role of Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. Everything you're seeing, you're thinking, "Oh, they're going to kill her." I feel bad. All this stuff. 
and then you don't realize the whole thing's a red herring. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And it, none of the actually... We'll get to the ending in a sec, but, like, uh, it escalates to a point where Cliff, at one point, uh, he basically meets some of the Manson people and finds out, like, basically they're crazy and all this other stuff uh, and then leaves. But you're you're seeing little bits and pieces of them. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I wonder what this means, all this kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, creepy hippies. <laughs> Fucking hippies. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it ramps up to a point where basically Cliff, not Cliff, uh, Rick Dalton takes a, it's another villain role, but he yeah. perform like, he kind of... He does it, like, so well that, every, like, literally everyone in the room is like, oh my god, that was, like, the best acting I've ever seen. Which, well, before but... that, he was forgetting his lines, so yeah. it's like, you kind of see him becoming, because he was like, I'm gonna practice my lines the night before, and then ends up, like, getting fucking pissed drunk from yeah. drinking a shit ton of whiskey sours. So, like, yeah, basically... Which, like... I had that whiskey sour in yeah. the theater. Dude, those drinks were so good. Huh? <laughs> The, like the, I forget which one I had. I, it was well, I forget what it was in it, but it was called whiskey like whiskey sour's got the egg whites. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's whites. why he was doing yeah. that. I, I basically drank an egg white and alcohol. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's actually really good. I've had them before. Huh. But yeah, like I just thought it was really funny when he like he forgets a few lines and he literally like goes back to his trailer and he's like throwing shit around, like yelling at himself about how like it's like oh you just made a fool of yourself like. You made it look like you didn't even fucking practice your lines when you practiced all last night. I could have ha- stopped three whiskey sours. I had to have eight goddamn whiskey sours because I'm a goddamn drunk. I'm stopping this. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my lines. Or I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> and I'm not going to drink anymore. Immediately then, like, out of more of, like, muscle memory instinct, picks up his flag. Yeah, he, like... <laughs> about to take it. He starts drinking, and then he realizes what he's doing, and he fucking just throws it out of his trailer. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And he comes back, and he has, like, this amazing performance. It, like, literally everyone is like, that's And even, so like, great. ad-lib certain points, like, he... It's not in the script for him to throw a little girl, but he does it. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm wearing pads in here in my, like... In her uh, under, like where her arms are, she yeah, has like, her, like elbow pads, and she's like, "But it's okay on my, I, I, for, for like on my own, I sometimes just throw myself on the floor, <laughs> yeah, just for fun, <laughs> just for fun." And like at the end of the scene, she leans. It, oh, and the fact that she had a stunt double too was like fucking hilarious. Oh my god, I was like, "What do you do with a little girl stunt double? Yeah. Like this is a little yeah. girl. <laughs> like, I, I How love, does that work?" So like, I just love that. Like at the end of that scene, she like leans into. Uh, I f- keep fucking forgetting his name. What the. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. No, the actor. Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. Whatever. Okay. So she like leans into Rick uh, and just literally says like, that was the best acting I've seen in my entire life. And, he and, just, she's, like, like, and he's like crying. He's like crying. He's I like, love it because Leonardo DiCaprio cries like multiple times in the movie, <laughs> which is, it's just so, I don't know why. It just makes me smile. <laughs> like, it's weird to laugh at like old timey racism or whatever. But like the first fucking thing, I was like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, after he uh, he has the meeting with like Al Pacino as the movie director or uh, the producer or whatever. He, he comes to the realization that he's he uh, washed up. He basically tells him like you're basically washed up, and so he like goes out of the the restaurant like literally crying, <laughs> and like his uh, Cliff is just like the fuck happened in there. He's like he told me the fucking truth is what happened. Anyway, he's like basically cliff has like one random line where he's just like 
here. He give, well, take, he gives him his shades. He gives him his shades to like cover his eyes. He's like, here, wear these. Don't cry in front of Mexicans. <laughs> which yeah, is don't like, let the Mexicans see you cry. Yeah, it's like, which is like, the, there's like a couple. Um, oh God. The Mexican valets. The valets. Yeah. There's like a couple like Latino valet people. Oh my God. And they're just like, it, it literally just randomly is like, don't cry in front of Mexicans. Dude, like, too good. what? I was, I was so red. I was like, oh my God, that was uh, great. And then, um, the, all right, I loved, I, I need to, the little girl that is in the movie, like, basically before they do the acting part and he throws her on the ground and everything else, uh, there, she, he comes over and she's in her own chair yeah. and she's reading and he she's reading goes a, over. like a biography on fucking Disney. Walt, yeah, well, Walt, uh, biography of Walt Disney. And this is like in the seventies. So I think he's still alive. Probably. Possibly. Yeah. I think he's still alive and that, you know, he's alive. And, um, I think I'm pretty. I'm almost positive he's alive. Yeah. Because it's like the seventies or sixties, seventies. It's the seventies, and uh, she's like, oh, he's a genius and everything else, and he's uh, and she's very professional, like extremely professional, and uh, she even says like, don't. Uh, I can't tell you my real name. I'm only going by the name of my role right now because it helps me stay in character and everything else. Uh, or it, help, it helps her concentrate until her role is done. She won't use her real name until, like... It should be, yeah, she just takes her real name. And it's, like, the most professional kid. And you're just like, holy crap, and this little girl. And she's like, yeah, I'm eight. Because <laughs> he's like, how old are you, 12? And she's like, no, I'm eight. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? And then you're, on, you're, on the, you're in the audience. Sorry, I'm just, like, mumbling. You're in the audience, and you're like, what the fuck? And it's... I don't know, it's like, I love it when they find that kid that actually could do that type of performance and act like that. It's like, it's an actor playing an actor. Yeah. And it, it but it's a little kid and she did and she's so like, Wait, well. I she's like it. so much more professional acting than like Rick is. Yeah. Which but, is like fucking funny. Like she's reading a documentary or not, sorry, not documentary, like a biography and he's reading like a tiny little Western or whatever. And, like describing the story to her is like basically his life about. Like, oh, he's yeah, he's saying his whole life. Like and a then dude she catches on at a certain point because he starts crying. And yeah, he starts like, crying, and she's like, "It's okay. It sounds like a really sad book." And, and then he calls her, "What's it? What's it? What does he call her? Um, pumpkin." It's like pumpkin puss or something like yeah, that. Yeah, hey, hey, pumpkin. Yeah, he <laughs> she like her. gets up. Is like, I don't like names like pumpkin puss, but I can see you're distressed right now. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good it was so good oh my god uh yeah so she was fabulous she was fantastic and then um i, I feel like because it's weird it's like the the last time i felt this like it was like a little kid it's just like holy shit fucking awesome was uh liana mormont and game of thrones oh, yeah yeah and like you know it's these little girls just fucking dominating right now it's insane i love it and then you get to uh yeah, after he does the role, it's like, cool, he starts doing spaghetti westerns, and then comes yeah. back with, like, an Italian wife, Yeah, and then him and Cliff are, like, basically, uh, where he, we, he doesn't know what's gonna happen, because he's, like, he apparently spent a lot of his money on, like, some place in Italy when he was in Italy, <laughs> but he's like, uh, yeah, we don't know what's gonna happen now, I might have to get a smaller place soon, potentially, I don't know how my acting career will go, but we might have to split soon, because I can't support like having you as my driver because besides being a stuntman he can't be a stuntman all the time uh but cliff basically make uh, he makes cliff like his driver he helps him around a lot and takes him everywhere which cliff he enjoys it he it's like it's a, they have a really great friendship it's like one of those pure friendships it's really nice and everything because they they're really comfortable around each other and everything yeah. else and uh 
So they're like, everything might end now and everything, so they get, like, pissed drunk. Which, uh, before that, actually, like, there's the stuff with, like, Bruce Lee and everything. Oh, man, which that was, was funny. I, I know there's, like, a small controversy with, like, his daughter or granddaughter, I'm not really sure which one it is, that basically didn't like the portrayal. But at least from, it, uh, just as a fictional, entertaining movie, the everything with Bruce Lee was fictional and entertaining. Like, I was very much entertained by what happened. Uh, I had... L- it didn't change my perspective whatsoever on Bruce Lee. He's still an awesome martial artist who is just, like, a cool, awesome guy. I have no negative thoughts on him or anything. Yeah. So it's like, the movie didn't do anything to damage him, potentially, to me. Like, maybe there's someone that doesn't know anything about him, but it's like, that doesn't change anything. It's like, they probably wouldn't have known about Bruce Lee before, anyway without that movie if they didn't know about him by this point. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, who doesn't know Bruce Lee? All like, right. He's, like, literally one of the most amazing martial artists, like, in movies ever. Yeah. He's, he's like, a big name. Like, I don't know, it's like saying you don't know Muhammad Ali, which also is for <laughs> reference here as well. It's, like, just key people of those types of things. You're not going to forget them. Uh, so, yeah, that, that shit was great. And then, like, there's a weird thing they never address in the movie, I will say, where it's like, oh, uh, they, uh, besides Rick, a lot of people don't like Cliff because they think he killed his wife and got yeah. away with it, which uh, they do show a flashback of him and his wife on a boat, and she's... Like, it looks like he's getting ready to, do, to like, go diving with, like, a harpoon gun or something like that. And she's just complaining nonstop and then saying, like, it seems like, why did I ever marry you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, everything. literally just calling him a loser and, like, I'm so bored on this boat. It's the shittiest boat in the world. I got the shittiest husband in the world. Yeah, she's just nonstop complaining. And then it's, like, that references that and then they go, yeah, he killed her and got yeah. away with it. And you don't necessarily know that because at the same time she gets up and you can tell it seems like she's um intoxicated with alcohol yeah it's one of those things where she could he could have killed her with the gun he had maybe or just killed her in any way possible because he probably could have yeah like or maybe she just fell off the boat because she was drunk yeah so you don't really know which one and i guess that leaves it up to the audience to decide because also like then it makes you think do you like cliff do you not like cliff do you think he's a bad guy uh i personally would like because i i enjoyed cliff the entire fucking movie i will <laughs> i'm hope i think that she just fucking fell off the boat that's my own perspective personally i just think she fell off the boat and he couldn't get her because it's in the middle of the fucking ocean but yeah, so go back forward, like, there was all this shit with the Manson, basically the Manson followers and him didn't like each other, he beats the shit out of one of them and everything else, uh, I guess they forget about him, but uh, we finally get to, uh, they come, basically they come back from Italy, and they're like one night of partying, they come back from partying, and like, the it's uh, Rick's Italian wife, Francesca, is like jet-lagged, so she's fucking out cold in the bed, in, I guess in her bed, uh, Cliff has this dog named, uh, Oh man, I don't remember. No, it was an alcohol. It was uh, started with a B. Or no, brandy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. brandy. So it's brandy, and uh, she's like this pit bull, right? It was pit yeah. Bull. Yeah, she's a cute little pit bull, and um, is staying with them as well. And they do one like last night of parting. So after that's done, Rick's like, I'm gonna go out in the back and just lay on my pool and listen to some shit. Meanwhile. Cliff is like, I'm going to take my dog for a walk and smoke this like acid-dipped cigarette I got for 50 cents from a hippie. <laughs> yeah, so he goes straight up on an acid trip adventure. And then during that time, the I know we're basically summarizing the movie, but it was just a fucking great time. Yeah. During that time, uh, the, the fucking Manson people come back. 
and, and then they, uh, they're, they're, they're basically, it's like four of these random, it's not Manson himself, but basically it's four Manson followers. One actually, they go up there and their car's really loud. So Rick hears it, goes out there with his blender full of margarita yeah. and in his robe and is like, get the fuck out of here, like, you hey, fucking hippies, blah, fucking blah, fucking hippies, get the fuck out of here. And they leave. And one of them had a gun and the other have knives. So they're like, they could have killed him, but they don't. So he goes back in, they go back down and they're like, we'll just come back up without the car and then also, start killing people. Yeah. They're but, also like on their way to kill like Rick's neighbors. Yeah. So and, they basically, they were there to kill Sharon Tate. Yeah. And then they realized like, whoa, that's Rick Dalton. You know who that was? Like, that was Rick fucking Dalton from Outlaw or Bounty or Bounty Law or Bounty Law. Yeah. Bounty Law. And they're like, we, it's like, oh, he was my hero. Let's go kill him. Yeah, and like, and like the one, like the one obviously craziest chick in the background or in the back of the car is just like, "Whoa, I had this idea when we were having our trip sessions that like when we were kids, all the shows we watched were about murder, and that made us violent. So why don't we murder the people that taught us how to murder?" And they're like, "Whoa, that's a good You're idea. A fucking genius. Let's go do that." So the and best it doesn't part, go well. Yeah, the best part though is, or not the best part, but the great part is uh, the actress that plays Robin, Ethan Ethan Hawkstar, yeah. her name, is there as well, and she gets cold feet. So she's like, "Hey guys, I forgot the knife in the car." Goes back to the car, takes the car, and leaves, and like ditches them. So the last three left to go in the house to go kill uh, Rick, uh, but Cliff gets back first. Rick's outside in the pool. Francesca's asleep in the bed. They come in, uh, the dude texts, he's like one of the Manson dudes, basically points the gun at, um, at Cliff. Basically, shit happens where Cliff and the dog attack them. Uh, the Italian, uh, Francesca's out, uh, like, standing there too, so, like, basically, Rick beats the fuck oh, out man, of that, the, uh, one the dude, funniest thing, and then, huh? Like, the, when it started, though, was, like, he was trying to remember the name of the guy because he recognized him from when he was at their yeah, compound. Yeah, it, like, oh, it was so good, yeah. And he was just like, hey, I know... And at this point, he's like tripping balls off of acid or whatever. And he's like, I know you. I know all of you guys. You had a dumb name. What was it? He's like, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. No, that wasn't it. And he's like, nah, it, that wasn't it. It was dumber than that. <laughs> I was at Rex, and then it's like, come on, text you, and he's like, text, that's it, and then once he yeah, gets he, that confirmation, he basically has his dog start like, mauling him. Literally, he just does the, like, and his yeah. dog, like, fucking, fucking goes. Un- unleashes on him, and then, so all this shit's happening, basically, uh, he throws the dog food can oh, man. at he, the, like, uh, pitches it the at the crazy and girl. fucking, like, breaks, breaks her, her no- face. Like, basically yeah. pushes her nose into her face. And she's, like, in pain. She's like, ah! Like, literally, she is screaming at the top of her lungs for, like, the rest of the scene. Meanwhile, we're fucking laughing our ass. Like, it, you have to understand, this situation, when you watch this shit, this fuck, it's so It's, good. it's so funny. It's, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's Tarantino's brand of, like, over-the-top violence. Where his violence makes me laugh so fucking hard. I know it's it's dark. It's very dark. Oh, yeah. But I have very dark humor, so I fucking love this shit. And so, yeah, like, uh, basically, they get... Very brutally killed. Oh, yeah. Except for uh, one of them gets away. Well, okay, so like. That's why I don't want to say, like, we don't have to go the full play by play. That's why I'm. That's like, fair. Yeah. So basically, the bottom line two of them get killed in that room by, like, Cliff and the dog. And then one of them gets away. 
uh, sort of gets away. She's like fucking in pain. The one that got the can thrown at her gets away. Starts shooting the gun in the air. Yeah, somehow runs she keeps into getting the pool up. where Cliff is, or where uh, Rick Dalton is, and he's like, "What the fuck's happening?" He had his headphones on yeah. the whole time, so he didn't know what was going on. Like literally, just ran. All of a sudden, some lady like bursts through his like. Well, you know, since the hippies, like, oh god, the crazy hippies in yeah. the pool, and she's got a gun. So what does he do? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah he, like all right. In- quick reference: He basically at one point plays a guy that kills Nazis and he had a flamethrower like, i love that line he's like still. He did anyone order some like fried sauerkraut <laughs> uh, yeah and so he runs away when she's in the pool shooting the gun and then comes back out with the flamethrower <laughs> and just lights her on fire <laughs> and it was I'm, so fucking was, random it was, it was the best part of the movie like I did not expect him to have that flamethrower still. You literally went, you go, what, what's he going to do? I, th- I thought he was just running away. What's he going to go get? get a gun you or just something. see the front of the flamethrower. You just see the the barrel. Yeah. And you just, you instantly know. You're like, oh my god, he has the fucking flamethrower. Oh god. Like, <laughs> like, I was laughing so fucking dude, hard. I laughed, theater. I laughed so hard after that. There's when, a hippie in my pool. Let me go get the flamethrower. Like when when oh god that was super funny. But like when after he's describing everything to the police and his neighbors like whoa what the fuck happened and he's like ah uh, yeah a few hippies like broke into my place or whatever he's like oh man were they trying to rob you like I don't know they just like either they're trying to rob me or ki- they tried to kill my like wife and my friend <laughs> and like no shit like are they- is like everyone okay like well the hippies aren't. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Basically, it's like, hey, these hippies came in our house, so we killed them. Oh, cool. You want to come over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and like literally, er- earlier in the movie, he, like, so basically his neighbors were Sharon Tate and her new husband. Uh, and he just, wa- he's never gotten to talk. Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. The director. And then, like, uh, he just never gets to talk to him. So he basically. Well, he, he says, this- like, hey, my career is almost up, but. My next door neighbor is Roman Polanski, who's hot in the director world right now. I'm like one pool party away from like being in the next Polanski movie. Yeah, and it and it literally it's like and it literally happens. We're like at the very end. Yeah, at the very end, we're like his house gets broken into. He almost dies, and that's just how he happens to get introduced to his neighbors. But also, they know. All they know multiple like when he talks about the flamethrower, he goes, yeah. "Oh, from the other movie." Yeah, he's like, and, like they know his movies and they know him, and then that basically like they, they, it ends with the movie because uh, Cliff gets injured though, so he goes to the hospital and Rick's like, uh, "I'll go with you." My uh, Francesca basically took like five sleeping pills, so she's yeah. not cold. She doesn't want to remember any of this shit, so she knocks out. She'll be out till Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, so she, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I'll go with you, Cliff. I'll stay with you overnight and everything else. He's like, dude, just stay here. It's all, it's all good. And basically, uh, he's like, I'll come see you tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, bring bagels, blah blah. But he's like, basically ensuring that their friendship is still going to be going yeah. on after this. Like, like literally, as he's like going away in the ambulance, he just you know knocks on the window one more time. He's like, hey, Cliff, you're a really good friend. Yeah, it was great. So it's like it confirms that their friendship continues, and then it ends with him going through the gates of it's like the gates of heaven, like going up there to what he's always wanted. So now it's like, oh, he's gonna go talk to them, but like this, it it hints to basically like him. He gets more movies. That means Cliff gets to be a stunt double more and hang around with him, and they get money and they stay in the area. Francesca gets to stay in the area too. Yeah, and then like uh, Sharon Tate doesn't die. 
Yeah, in this That's universe, the big Sharon, thing. he yeah, pulled this is a, a universe where Sharon bastards. Tate lives and has a baby. Yeah, which is very. That's it's like you know it only took three hippies to die. It was worth it. Yeah, it, it, it's a very you know in a very dark, ridiculous movie. It has that sort of alternate light where it's like in this world Sharon Tate survives and it kind of it's it's that nice thing where it's like especially the way they show her in the movie the whole time that you're watching the movie she's like this just quirky girl that just likes to do her own thing yeah and she's just having a good time she's kind and you're like i don't want to see this person die and then she does it and you're like thumbs up yeah <laughs> but okay yeah that's like it honestly does this movie so far of the movies i've seen is just top four i know so for sure godzilla king of monsters is my number one i just don't year. know where to rank this with toy story 4 and john wick 3 they're all kind of there i just don't know which ones i like more than the other at this point because they all really do create stuff in their own way. Okay. Hour in. Let's blow through the news. Um, first bit. Darkseid and the female Furies are confirmed for the New Gods movie. Uh, for those that don't know, basically this New Gods movie is that DC movie that is being worked on currently with the director of Wrinkle in Time. As well as Tom King. Uh, because Tom King is doing it, he's a big comic writer who I also met at San Diego Comic Con. He recently got an Eisner, which is like the equivalent of an Oscar, uh, for Best Picture, that type, uh, for his run on a 12-issue series called Mr. Miracle, which is Mr. Miracle is a very big new god who basically can escape from anything. And most likely, if he's writing this and she's doing this, which is very like trippy shit, which Fourth World, which is the new gods, was created by Jack Kirby, so it's a really big thing, uh, which I'm really excited for this movie. Um... Dark Side and Female Furies is a big part because that it, it makes me think that then Mr. Miracle will be the main character in this, but it also brings out that whole mythology of those characters, which the Furies are like Barda and all the others as well, like Lashina, uh, Mad Harriet, and all these other characters that most people probably don't know about. But if you research it and you read up on them, they're really fucking cool. It's like this all female kill squad on this basically evil planet, and they're like some of the craziest warriors that will kill anything and it takes like basically like other new gods in justice league to stop these like that type tier of character like that's that tier of power level they have uh but yeah i'm excited for that uh then deadpool was teased for phase five of Mar the mcu by ryan reynolds because he like posted this tweet oh. um we don't know for sure if it's phase five or anything else but it just it seemed like he i think he said phase five in it but we don't know for sure but it's just kind of like Huh. Who knows? It could be. We'll see what happens. Weirdly enough, when you told me earlier that Ryan Reynolds <clears throat> was possibly going to be in the MCU, I did not even think that he would be reprising Deadpool. I yeah. thought maybe he's like in uh, Doctor Strange. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that could be cool. And then uh, I mean, I, 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 that's a given. Almost, it feels like they, they said they were going to keep going uh, with Deadpool. I know there was this would never happen. But if it isn't, if he wasn't Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, what if he's like? In one of the uh, uh, universes, he's the Green Lantern. <laughs> that would probably never happen, but that would be hilarious. Wait, Benedict Cumberbatch? No, the Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, uh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. And then uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie may reportedly be written by Jonathan Goldstein and Jonathan Francis Daly, the writers of Spider-Man Homecoming. So the only reason this is interesting is just because Dungeons and Dragons is the biggest like pen and paper 
like adventure game you could do with yeah. like friends and everything else. It's like a real, still, yeah. it's a timeless game that just is so fucking fun. Uh, I've done it before, and every time I've done it, it's it's a great time. The fact that they're making a movie on it, it's just interesting because like, how do you cover this? What it's basically gonna be like? You're kind of it'll probably have a party of people, so you have like your bard, your warrior, your archer, your it's basically all these class people. I just don't know how they're gonna do it. Who's gonna be the villain? It'll be very much like. I feel like this is the movie where it, it created everything else that would make it generic, but I would almost say basically expect a generic style of storytelling where it's like evil ice, like evil wizard or zombie king or dark king, and then like group of heroes of different backgrounds come together to fight said evil, and then that will be the entire movie probably and their adventure to get to them. Uh, that's honestly probably going to be the whole D&D movie, most likely. And then we have... Uh, Alright, so this is interesting. Uh, someone leaked a possibility of what Ben Affleck's Batman movie would have been. So apparently, this is according to... Uh, what's his name? Robert Richardson. He was going to be the cinematographer for the Batman movie that Ben Affleck was going to direct and star in. It was going to be... Uh, so this is a quote that he had. Well, he was going more into the insanity aspects, so I think you would have seen something a little darker than what we'd seen in the past and more into the individual who's inside Batman, what element may be sane and what element may actually not be sane. So he was entering into a little more of the Arkham, you know, he's going into where you keep everyone who is bad, everyone that shifted and Batman. So the whole thing was, it was going to take place in Arkham Asylum and you go into Batman's psych, but it would also have all the villains cause they're locked up in Arkham. So it would have had like a crazy cast of all the villains, or like a shit ton of the villains and Batman questioning, like, probably sanity and all this stuff after, like, all everything he's probably been through in the past, since it's, like, Ben Affleck's Batman is an older Batman. So that entire kind of, like, thought of it, honestly, I, I wish I could have seen that movie, because it just sounds very, it honestly sounds really original. Um, it, I've, it reminds me of certain comics, for sure, but, I mean, like, in terms of just, like, a direction a comic book movie could go... This one is, I would say, in the more original route than most others, where it's just like, yo, is Batman crazy? You don't know. That's all. It just gets, it, it gets really, like, it gets that dark, like, mental health, almost. That's that's why it would have been really interesting. Yeah. All right. Any thoughts on it? Yeah. No. Okay. So, it sounds like it could have been cool. Yeah. But, I, I mean, are you even getting another Batman movie from the DC Universe? Yeah, it was already confirmed. But without Ben Affleck. Yeah, you, you don't know who Batman is? Oh, shit, I totally Robert forgot. Robert Pattinson. I, to I literally totally yeah, forgot about they that. they said it's Matt, Matt Reeves is directing it. It's going to be a noir style. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's no, very, I, it's, he said it's very much going to be a detective movie. Okay. No, I yeah. just literally, that completely, like, f was, I forgot about that entirely. You foolish man. <laughs> anyway, so next up, uh, more, uh, this, this, I don't know how I feel yet. So this is Halo news for the TV show that Showtime's doing. Uh, it's like we're getting more and more news now that it's actually happening. It's only taken a fucking decade, it feels like. Uh, so there's more casting, which is... it's This is where it gets interesting. So, okay, so first off, we already knew that uh, Pablo Schreiber is Master Chief. All right. We found out about this a few months ago. And then now we know who other characters are. So Natasha... McKellen 
is going to be playing both Dr. Catherine Halsey as well as Cortana, since Cortana is basically based after after Halsey in terms of like her appearance. So she'll be playing both characters, which confirms then we'll get Master Chief Halsey and Cortana. Uh, and then this is where the casting gets a little interesting. So the other actors coming in will be Bokeem Woodbine and Shibana Azmi. So Bokeem Woodbine will be playing Soren 066, the Spartan 2. What is interesting about that is in the books, Soren is one of the Spartans that fails the augmentation and gets horribly disfigured. Oh. Uh, becomes part of like the staff just helping out shit until uh, there's like a small uprising and then Soren basically joins it and then leaves and then basically hides in the forests of Reach. And you don't know what happens to Soren after that. Huh. So I don't know what that means if it's the if Soren's still the same style of character. Uh, but it's oh here's what it says about Soren. A morally complex privateer at the fridges of human civilization whose fate will bring him into conflict with his former military masters and his old ma- ma- friend Master Chief. That actually sounds really cool. Uh, and then Azim, uh, Shabana Azim uh, will be playing uh, Admiral Margaret, Margaret Parangoski, who is the head of the ONI Office of Naval Intelligence, which also is like that in the books as well. Um, basically, she's the head of like their version of the CIA, and they're honestly kind of... It's like, oh, they do a lot of... They, they save humanity, but also are really fucking dark. I, I'd almost say a lot of them are evil. She's not... Uh, she's kind of i would say she's kind of bad honestly hmm. but that's just me personally but saying that uh this is, so this isn't casting but they're introducing other characters oh wait no this is this is actually other casting sorry uh, another actor uh bentley Kalu will play spartan 134 vanek a cybernetically augmented super soldier conscripted at childhood who serves as the <clears throat> de facto deputy to master chief Natasha Kolzak will star in the role of Spartan 028 Riz, a focused professional and deadly cybernetically enhanced killing machine. And Kate Kennedy stars as Spartan 125 Kai, an all-new, courageous, curious, and deadly Spartan super soldier. So what is interesting about this is they've taken names of existing Spartans for some of them and completely altered what the characters were. So Kai was actually a if I remember correctly, Kai was a male Spartan too, who actually ends up either, I can't remember exactly, he dies in Halo First Strike. The one where basically it's post-Halo Combat Evolved. They come back to reach and pick up the other Spartan 2s. Oh. And uh, he either dies in the defense of Catherine Halsey, or he uh, dies in mid-slip space. Basically their ship goes in the slip space and something happens where some of the Spartans had to go outside. Oh. Mid slip space and fix something, like do something, and basically like, mo- like three of them die, and get fucked up. And it, like basically just the something happens bad and they die in slip space. Ugh. I think Kai was one of the ones that dies in slip space. Uh, and then yeah, like I said it's about Soren, Riz, and um, Vanek. I want to say are new. The weird thing about Vanek is if it's like a defective deputy master chief, that's not a Spartan that was. Like, the, the Spartans that were the de facto, like, close to him were, like, Sam and Kelly. Sam is the first Spartan to die. So it becomes, like, Fred and Kelly. And that's, like, their blue team, and along with, like, Linda and uh, some others. But 
Uh, I don't know who the fuck this Vanek is. Um, I'm curious, but at the same time, I'm also slightly weary because I think they said this story is going to be more... It's an original story, but I'm sure it'll still cover something involving the other games. Who knows? Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes, but I'm very cautious, especially after Nightfall. Yeah, that's everything for that. That was one of the longer news pieces. Uh, next up, we have uh, we had the trailer for 1917, which is a World War One movie, basically where uh, this one of the British soldiers, I believe, they're British, right? Yeah, yeah looks like the it. British soldiers has to save his brother who's in another regiment by basically getting to them in time before they go on a, a charge that will basically kill them all. Because apparently, basically, like the, they found out information that uh, if they go on a charge, that the enemy forces are enough that they'll just be wiped out for nothing. Yeah. So he has to basically go through enemy lines and like parts of the battle basically to get to their, his brother's unit to tell them the orders of don't go. You guys will die basically. And it's their journey through it. And it just looks really interesting because we haven't gotten a world war movie. That's very much on the ground like that. Uh, next up uh, at the Hobbs and Shaw screenings, opening nights, uh, they had a, Surprise teaser for the movie Tenet, which is Christopher Nolan's next movie. We actually saw the trailer at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it basically yeah. has... Um, shit, what's his name? Uh, the actor from Black Klansman. Last name Washington. Um, yeah. His last name's Washington. I can't remember. But yeah, so the lead from Black Klansman. Uh, last name Washington. I really can't remember his name right now. But I think it starts with a J. I could be wrong. Uh, he is starring in this new movie that is very much, it seems like, uh, either time travel or some weird reality stuff. Uh, it shows him, like, in SWAT gear at one point and then, like, an oxygen mask. And it's, like, him looking at broken windows. But it, it seems very, not, I guess, trippy, maybe. But it seems very much like uh, it's going to be... Well, it made me want to know <clears throat> more. Like, what's Yeah, happening you don't there? know what's happening, really, at all. And I'm, it's Nolan, so it's Christopher Nolan, like I said, he's my favorite director. I'm really excited for this, and the only movie I haven't really liked that he's done has just been Dunkirk. The only thing is that's the last movie he did, but I think this will be, I, I honestly think this will be better, just because I think that was just like a fluke, and also like, it, it was his vision of something that I didn't agree was a good idea for, just because, I've already talked about Dunkirk previously, not here, but... I just didn't like that movie personally. Uh, this, yeah, I'm just excited for this. I'll say that. It's being filmed in IMAX and 70mm. So, it's, of course, like, Nolan's always been really, really good at filming. Like, this is his biggest thing. Like, usually his film is, like, always the best with audio and visuals. Normally, Dunkirk was. It just wasn't good with everything else for me. But I'm, I'm excited for this. How do you, you, any feelings for Tenet? I'm, like, I'm definitely excited for it just because, like, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say Chris Nolan is my favorite director, but he definitely, I do like at least the majority of the things that he's done that I've seen. Uh, and like, I don't know, like I like the, the actor that you pointed out, his name was John David Washington. Oh, okay. John David. Okay. Yeah. And like, I loved him in Black Cla Klansman. I thought he was great. Uh, I was like trying to place how I knew him. I like totally like at the time, but it was a really short trailer, so I didn't really have a, enough time to like search through my memory banks. But anyway, like I definitely want to know what's with like the the various bullet holes that he's like literally trying to like seemingly feel with his hands. Yeah, it's I don't know. 
I am intrigued and I want to know more. Awesome. All right. So next up, we have uh, some CW news for uh, the upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover between like all the other DC uh, shows like Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, etc. Uh, with Crisis on Infinite Earths, it means like alternate Earths, so different universes where different things are. And one of them, we're going to have Kevin Conroy as an old Bruce Wayne, which could also potentially mean Batman Beyond. But the fact that it's old, it's basically animated series Batman as old Bruce Wayne, like that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited definitely. for that. And it's especially because the cool things about the CW shows, honestly, have they been uh, bringing back the cast of previous DC shows. Like, they brought in Linda Carter, Wonder, Linda Carter, who was the 1977 Wonder Woman. They brought in um, Lois and Clark from that show, Lois and Clark. They brought, like, the actors for that. They brought in the Flash from the old Flash TV show, that very old one. Like, they brought in all these people, and they always bring them back, and they're actually going to the route of, hey animated shows too now with kevin conroy like I, that's one thing i always appreciate with what they do there is they're very much like they, i don't know they're just very respective in that sense and it's something i've always liked about that and now it's making me go fuck well now i gotta catch up with all these shows that i stopped watching because I, I do want to honestly era's ending so i do want to just kind of knock them all out and then uh next up this one's some pretty cool news so Hideaki Anno, the director of Shin Godzilla, which we both fucking love, oh yeah, uh, is going to be directing a Ultraman reboot titled Shin Ultraman. So I've actually never really watched an Ultraman movie, but because I, I I've always been strictly very much Godzilla and like certain monsters he's associated with, I never went to like Gamera or Ultraman or anything like this. But him directing this just makes me very excited for this. But also now it makes me realize like. When I get time and, like, free shots, I do want to watch, like, Ultraman and Gamera, like, some of the old stuff, just to see what they're about before this movie comes out. And But it might be a little bit of time, so we got... There's plenty of time, but it's yeah. exciting to know he's doing more of this stuff. I watched the uh, Net the newer Netflix Ultraman Oh, series. that new anime, right? It's actually okay. I liked it. Uh, <clears throat> I've heard good things about it. I, I do want to watch that. So, but, like... It feels very different than how they kind of described the original series, at least, when they try to do a little bit of backstory, because, like, the new Ultraman doesn't go all, like, super giant all the time. Like, he's just mostly a dude in a suit. Mm -hmm. So, I would be interested in seeing a retelling of the Ultraman story by the guy who did Shin Godzilla, because that was a fucking great retelling of the origin of Godzilla. I loved it. So, I'm very interested. And then we have, uh, this is uh, more of an interesting announcement of, well, not interesting, like, all right, so Disney announced that Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus will be bundled together for twelve ninety nine a month. That shit's uh, kind of nuts. I mean, I'm go- I mean, I'm getting that. Uh, I just wish I could do it without ESPN Plus. I wish, I hope that there's an option that lets you have the... Uh, Hulu without ads? Hulu without ads. That's, I, I, was, I was talking to my friend about that. I, I was talking to Brandon about that. I was saying, like, up there's just, it's like... You know, for three dollars more, no ads. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, okay, because like literally, I tried Hulu at like eight bucks a month for the the version with ads, and it was so infuriating how many like how many ads there were. Yeah, it was like ridiculous. So I, it, it, at least for like actually spending money on a monthly subscription and still getting that many ads 
was insane. Like, it felt like it, that should have been a free version. But, uh, like, yeah, Hulu is a much better experience without ads, even if it's, like, a few bucks more. Yeah. And then, last two pieces. Uh, let's see. Actually, let's see. This one is... So... <laughs> Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, other known as D&D, other known as the men who killed Game of Thrones, are in just agreed to a deal with Netflix to direct, produce, and write Netflix movies. So I don't know if this uh, interferes at all with um, the... uh, production or development of the star wars movies that they're doing now with the trilogy of that i'm not too sure but at the same time i'm like you know these fucking guys i just i don't know man i'll i'm curious to watch them just to see how they do those compared to game of thrones but also these are the guys that made fucking excellent origins wolverine so which is like one of my least favorite movies of yeah. all time. I had joked, I basically on my agenda when I put that, I said, in a deal created by Satan. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Uh, just because, you know, the scars are still fresh. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not even scars. They're not scars yet. The wounds are still open and fresh <laughs> from the crimes of Game of Thrones that they've committed. Yeah. I'm still recovering from their assaults. Bastards. Anyway. Alright, last piece of news. This one's actually very interesting. Lucasfilm... Known for Star Wars and mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Since they've been bought by Disney. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and also Star Wars and Star Wars. Now, apparently, uh, Disney is ready to have an adaption. I believe this is originally done by... Uh, this is a deal where it was going to be done by Fox. Uh, the Fox's, Fox's movie company for the, a book uh, by Tomi Adeyemi. A fantasy novel called Children of Blood and Bone. And it possibly will be the new project for Lucasfilm now. Interesting. So this would mean it would be their first movie outside of Star Wars. And I can't remember the last time that's... Oh, was... Did they... Did Lucasfilm do Red Tails? Yes. Yes. And that weird animated movie that George Lucas wanted with the fairies and shit. If that was Lucasfilm, those are the last things they did. I don't think... Outside of Star Wars. Are you thinking of Fern Gully? Because I don't think they did that one. No, I I said recently. Why would that be the last thing that's from the 90s? What recent thing with the fair... What? You didn't see it? It was some fucking weird... Yeah, it was some weird movie that George Lucas did after Red Tails. I don't know. I literally... I can't think of it. I didn't see it, but I I didn't hear any good thing about it. Anything good at all. And then he sold Lucasfilm. Um, yeah, so who knows? The, not, so, uh, let me read it for a sec. So, co- it conjures a stunning world of dark magic and danger as a young heroine teams up with a rogue princess to restore magic in the land of Orisha in the aftermath of her mother's death. So, uh, basically, they'd be making some crazy fantasy movie. Uh, yeah, it could be interesting if they actually get it or not. Who knows what will happen, but that's... Either way, that's the last piece of news we got, and it's almost uh, 8 o'clock. It's yeah. 8 now. Um, we've been recording for like four hours. Yeah, we've been recording for a while now, guys. It's uh, ho- I hope you guys listen to this. Yeah. But 
Guys, it's our 25th episode. Thank you so much for helping us make this happen. Yeah. If we had literally zero listeners, we would not be doing this. So for the 12 to 20 of you that actually do this, like actually listen to this and everything else, thank you so much for this. For those that don't listen to this, I don't like you. I never <laughs> have. It's right. I've always hated you since since uh, we've met or never met. I don't really know. But if you guys could listen to it, you know, I could always like you after that. Come on, guys. Just do yeah. it. Give it a listen. Give it a little listen. Um if you could subscribe or any review thumbs up on respective platforms such as spotify uh apple Podcasts, google play music or our main one soundcloud where what's well, where we uh do the main publishing for it uh just yeah like i said any of that can help us out great if you could tell your friends about it that's even better too but until then uh if you guys want to send us your feedback any feedback positive negative anything we'll take into consideration or any questions that you want us to talk about on the show, uh, send it to sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. And then if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow the show at sutrasidetalk. If you want to follow James specifically, follow him at invaderjim124. And if you want to follow me, follow me at gogocomzilla. And that's our show for today. Yep. Seriously, thanks for listening. Have a good one, you guys.